Hello! Welcome to Good Film Hunting, where we sisters from Chicago, now living in different parts of the country, rewatch our favorite childhood movies as adults. So I'm Anne, and right now I'm calling from Hilton Head, South Carolina. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. And I'm with Mad Stoll, a friend, high school friend. We are in Hilton Head together. You guys are more than high school friends now, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but we started in high school. We started from the bottom, now we're here. Now we're we here. actually started in junior high. Wait, oh, Eleanor, right. where are you? I'm in my apartment in Los Angeles. Simply, I mean, it's much earlier here. So I'm still in the process of, like, waking up and emptying my dishwasher and doing those things. Okay. (laughs) So thank you. So we are super happy to have Mad join us today. And Mad, when we do our podcasts, we start with saying something that we loved from pop culture this week. So it could be a song. It can be music. It can be a YouTube video. It can be a podcast. It can be a movie. Just anything that you watched, like, in the last week that you really liked. Um, I really had fun learning that Taylor Swift wrote that Calvin Harris song and that there's a fight going on about it <laughs> because okay. I didn't even know. Okay, so then we have to pause for a second and you muster your thoughts on Fiddle Swift. Uh, Tom and Tom, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they seemed cute at first, but I think Taylor's a lot to handle. I don't really blame him. It also seems too much like too quickly. Um, also, though, doesn't it seem, and this is what I've heard from one of my friends who's very plugged in, is that it's definitely fake, and that it's going to be, like, a long video album, a la Beyonce's Lemonade, that's kind of, like, it's, uh, Taylor's response, because it's, like, too fake, because he, like, has worn t-shirts that say, like, I heart TS, Mm. Yeah, it seems, but I also heard, so this is this is something that I heard on radio, and I don't listen to the radio, like, all that often, but for some reason I was, and this person was saying that Tom Hiddleston was, like, in the running to be the next um, James Bond, and so Taylor wanted to write the next James Bond theme song, slash wanted to be a James Bond girl, so, like, started dating him for that, but since they started dating... Tom Hiddleston's chances of being the next James Bond have kind of like fallen. <laughs> oh, that well, sucks. But then I, but then it also I okay. So again, we're getting down a rabbit hole of Taylor Swift's um, things. But then I've also heard it raises his chances to a certain degree because she, in a sense, normalizes others. She normalizes men for the American public. Think about how many people know Calvin Harris's name. Before they started dating as opposed to, like, after they started dating. Yeah. Like, actually, probably, like, my dad knows that Calvin Harris is a human being. Whereas, <laughs> I don't think he did prior to them dating. Yeah. Fair. Okay, Eleanor, what did you love about this past week? I'm going to go with something my college roommate Alexis sent me yesterday, which is the bad lip reading of High School Musical. I think part of what I love about it so much is not just that it's highly entertaining in and of itself, but also that it involves, like, Disney Channel put it on. Wait, really? Yeah, they aired it on television, which is just so great. (laughs) Well, they made fun of themselves very well. I was just watching it, like, before we started recording. 
So I'm like way up on it, and it's funny. It's really yeah, funny. Yeah, you didn't even watch all the way to the end, which is the best part. Right. Well, I'll make it. Okay, and then something that I particularly loved in pop culture from this past week, well, it has to do with Mad, because, like, on Wednesday night, no, maybe Tuesday night of this past week, I was watching Veep, because I had, like, gotten kind of into Veep, because I just needed something to watch. And then I started talking about other political shows, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you've never seen West Wing. So we started watching West Wing, and I forgot how much I love West Wing and all the characters and, like, Charlie and, like, just Josh and Leo. And it felt like I was, like, like meeting up with old friends again. And then listening to the uh, West Wing weekly podcast was, like, super enjoyable as well. Because on the third episode – because so in the third episode of the show, that's where you meet Charlie. And on the third episode, they had Dulé Hill. Um, Isn't it great? Yeah, guest star mm-hmm. on the podcast. And it just made my heart so happy. Like, I was unbelievably happy. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Very much West Wing in it. <laughs> it's great. Okay. I know. I was considering – going back and rewatching, um, I was, like, trying to watch, for, like, a week I attempted to watch along with the West Wing Weekly podcast, and then I let that slide, but I kind of want to go back and rewatch the election seasons, just oh, because, yeah, to reinvigorate myself, but we'll see, we'll see what happens, maybe Wait, tonight. I was telling Mad that, like, after you watch all of the West Wing, there's no one you want more to run our country than Jeb Bartlett. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like depressing. Yeah. It is that it he is. cannot be president. Okay. Anyway, let's not get political. Let's not go there. Um, let's talk about Beauty and the Beast. Awesome. Okay. So this is the 25th anniversary year. Isn't that crazy? That is. Wow. Oh, so it came out when I was one. Hey, do you remember, this is, like, very meaningful to me, do you remember going to see Beauty and the Beast in theaters? Uh, was it in Charleston? No. Then no. (laughs) Okay, so Beauty and the Beast was the first movie I remember going to see in theaters, and the two of us went with Mary Barter, who was babysitting us. (laughs) While Teddy was being born? No. Okay. Focus, Annie. Um, so... We went to go see it in the theaters, but the projector broke, so they sent us home. And I, like, specifically remember, like, months later, when Beauty and the Beast was out on VHS, like, being in a grocery store and then having, like, a panic attack, being like, Mom, we didn't get to watch this movie. <laughs> and so she had to buy us the VHS. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying is Beauty and the Beast started your crazy obsession with film. Or seeing movies in theater, possibly. Because now I'm at a point where, honestly, if I don't watch it in theaters, I have just, like, terrible trouble paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that's a reason I really don't like those, like, eat as you watch a movie. Because I find it so distracting that people are walking around and giving you food. And I get so into the zone. (laughs) I just love to sit there and watch a movie that it sort of annoys me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we saw it in theaters. So something also that I... Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. No, but we did later on in our lives. So little known fact about Eleanor Huntington, or maybe people know this, but as a senior in college, she took a Disney cinema class. And so we had she watched like all of the Disney films in like Notre Dame's 
Theater, which is a beautiful movie theater, like absolutely stunning and has like great audio and yeah, it was really lovely. So I would on occasion go with her. I'm almost positive I went to Beauty and the Beast. I'm pretty sure I sat there and watched that with you. Definitely went for Lion King. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like I like Beauty and the Beast. So anyway. I think it might have also gone for Cinderella. Oh, maybe for Cinderella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's love. Right, that right there. Those chords. <laughs> That was love. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Beauty and the Beast. Okay, so Mad was just, we were talking to our roommate about, or former roommate, Ashley, who's also here but is asleep. So we might be waking her up. Oops. Um, All in the name of good film hunting. (laughs) Um, But there's a new Beauty and the Beast coming out next year. So, like, I kind of don't know how to handle it. Can I say one thing about that one? Yes. I'm extremely ecstatic that Alan Menken will be doing the score for this one. Um, I I felt like it sort of ruined The Last Cinderella because it was like a brand new score. They didn't have any of the old music, and it sort of took away from it. Whereas this, if you watch the trailer, um, it's basically like the same score but like vamped up, and he changes it a little bit. But it just makes it feel so much more like Beauty and the Beast. So here's something to know about Mad, lovely listeners. She cares more about movie scores than anybody <laughs> I've ever met ever. And she'll like walk in, I'll be like watching a movie or something in the other room and she'll like yell out the composer. And I'll be like, who is this person you're yelling about? She's like, obviously it's the person who wrote the score. So that means a lot to her. It does. So Alan Menken. Dude, so you really do have to come visit Los Angeles because there's so many concerts all of the time. Oh, I will. Yeah. I like movie scores. It's great. Okay. Awesome. But can we talk for a moment about the old Beauty and the Beast? The one we're talking about now, the 1991 version that I guess it is? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, that's our angle. Right. And it's, we're now 10 minutes in and, like, haven't really mentioned it, so I'm going to bring us back. I mean, so for me, always my favorite parts, I mean, so I have, like, a history with this musical. I was in it as, um, I don't know, a freshman in high school, maybe a sophomore, and I was a silly girl, and so, like, I love the silly girls. I love that they are called the silly girls. <laughs> I love that that's a character name in like a major movie and while they're silly they still have agency so I'm all about that (laughs) are they called those silly girls in the credits for the Disney movie yeah I think so you didn't check it no (laughs) no we should probably check that (laughs) I didn't fact check it Eleanor sorry I'm gonna open up IMDB right now okay so thinking about this so, first of all, just in case someone hasn't seen Beauty and the Beast, who wanted, we need to give a rundown of Beauty and the Beast. So, Beauty and the Beast is a Persephone, it's Persephone, right? A Persephone-like story. For real? Can we say that? Yeah, that's like a very commonly known fact. You know, like Stockholm Syndrome. like Falling in love with your captor? Yeah, because that's what happened to the story of Persephone. Remember, she's the one who like is with Haiti for like some. No, 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 Eleanor. I know who Persephone Sorry. is. She causes the seasons. Please. 
Persephone, I'm like a hundred percent that Persephone and Beauty and the Beast are like the same. Really? Yeah. I know, right? All right, recap the story and then we'll decide. Also, Google it and I'll show you I'm right. <laughs> oh, Google's right. So okay. it's, go ahead, go ahead and recap the story though, and then and then we'll we'll talk about that. So with okay, let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, so there's. Okay. Are you reading a synopsis? You're not going to make up your own like I did for Finding Nemo last week. <laughs> I killed it. I killed it. Well, do you mean as a synopsis? Okay, so uh, the synopsis of the Persephone's and Hades story. Is oh, wait, that no, we don't need that. We don't need that one. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the story with Beauty and the Beast is that when you have Belle, who's this girl who's all alone in a French town, is nobody else cares about books. They only care about this like really, like overly attractive and overly large Gaston. Gaston. And named Gaston, she's like uninterested. Her father's kooky and an adventurer. <laughs> he leaves to go to a fair and show off his inventions. Along the way, it's like caught in this house of wonders, which is actually the home owned by the beast who became that way. Because he turned away an old hag who was, lo and behold, Ashley hag. Olsen. Just kidding. That's from that really terrible movie, Beastly. Sorry, oh, go ahead. <laughs> also not terrible. It's a movie with Vanessa Hudgens and Neil Patrick it's Harris. really bad. Okay. okay. So, revise yourself. Um, and you interrupted me in my log line, so now I don't know where I am, fool. He's caught because the beast turned away the hag. Yeah. Okay, so he's caught, and the flower is wilting, and when the flower is done wilting, he will die, and all of the little people in his house will leave permanently candlesticks. No good. No, unless no. he finds true love. But also, not all of them are candlesticks. Some of them are bowls. <laughs> Some of them are clocks. Some of them are wardrobes, Eleanor. Discriminatory. Yeah. Some of yeah. them are chimney sweeps. Exactly. <laughs> Duster. 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 No, no, not, not when they're okay. Regardless, anyway, <laughs> Belle comes. She switches herself out for her father. All of the household items are like sweet. We have a girl. We'll be human sweet. again. We'll be human again. They should have included that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They'll slowly start to fall in love, but then he gives her a thing. He, she sees that her father is being like mistreated. What's the thing? Can you be more descriptive? A mirror. <laughs> oh, what does this mirror do? The mirror shows her whatever she wants to see, and she wants to see her father, and her father is being mistreated. And he's dying. He's dying. Yes. So she goes back. She leaves the beast. He lets her go because he loves her. Because he loves her. Okay. There might be something there that wasn't there before. Oh my goodness. Um, so then they go, so then the townspeople come to kill the beast, but like he lives, and then the bell is like, I love you, and then he becomes a human, and everyone becomes human, and then it ends. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, so let's talk about our favorite parts. Potentially it's children, and then now it's adults. Can I start? <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, so, Eleanor, I'm sure you might remember this, but 
My favorite part was seeing at the beginning of the book, uh, I mean, at the beginning of the movie, Belle just kind of, like, walks around and, like, throws um, Gaston just, like, off. She just, like, casts him off. And what I would do as a young child, because I loved this idea of a woman just, like, turning down a man so much, is that I would grab this one book from my parents' bookshelf and walk around my house pretending that I was Belle, and I'd turn around and be like, no, Gaston, get away from me. You're not worthy of me. I would, like, just do that for hours. So that was my favorite part as a child. And as an adult, um, I, what is my favorite part that's, like, so hard? I love so many of them. I love one of the songs that they didn't release in the 1991 version. Like, it's called Home, but it's so good. That's, like, my favorite song. But I think my favorite part of the movie is um, when Angela Lansbury singing Tale as Old as Time. Um, I think that that's my favorite because it's just like this beautiful like oh my god they hated each other wait no like they're human or they have like some parts of humanity in them I think that's beautiful okay you're up Eleanor okay well what I'm actually going to talk about is recently I think it was in May I got to go to the 25th anniversary screening at the Academy in Los Angeles. It was great because they had, like, the entire original cast, including Angela Lansbury. They had, like, all the cast and the crew, including, like, the guy who played, what's the little cup's name? Chip. Yeah. He's, like, now still really small, but all grown up. And it was beautiful to hear them talk about um, the song Beauty and the Beast because Angela Lansbury had flown out the plane had a malfunction. She was flying out from Los Angeles to New York. Plane had a malfunction. Had to go to Vegas. Then she finally got on a new plane in New York. And they're like, no worries. Come back tomorrow. We'll do it with the New York Philharmonic men. And she's like, no, I'm doing it today. So went immediately from the airport to the New York Philharmonic. Seeing it in one take. Wait, one take? Wow. And everyone was like in tears. And at that point, Howard Ashman was dying of AIDS. Who is that? Alan Menken's co-music person. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So they were all crying for that reason? Mm -hmm. Because it was so beautiful. Wow. I didn't know that. What else did did they say? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, were there any other, like, insider things? Um... I mean, there was a lot. It was a while ago. I mean, it was just, like, really fun listening to all their stories and how much it meant for them. And it was cool because at the end they took, like, a class photo is what they called it. And they had close to 50 people there between all the different crews and everything like that. It was a really fun, beautiful night. And then you watch the movie right after, and it's so pretty. Yeah, the movie is really, like, aesthetically pleasing. It they really did a is. great job, yeah. You want to hear a fun fact? So you know how her that piece of hair falls in her face all the time? She's got one little strand of hair that always like falls in her face. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it as a fashion statement, but they did it because every other Disney princess they've tried to make look so perfect, and they wanted to make sure that she did not look perfect, that she was just a normal girl, um, as beautiful as she was. And so they would always have that piece of hair just fall in her face just to show she wasn't perfect. And I thought that was sort of cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Our imperfections make us perfect. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Disney. Thanks, Disney. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, I love this movie. I really do. And when I think about, like, the house I one day want to have, it's like the Beast's castle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little terrifying. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't think that I've ever seen a library as perfect uh, as the one that they drew in that animation. That was awesome. all the ladders and just... The fire. Yeah. That's like a library of epic proportions. So wait, Eleanor, who... Oh. Sorry, I'm... We're on IMDb right now and I'm seeing these people's like actual faces and it's weird to me. This is what happens. Like Bob, Robbie Benson, who plays the priest, not the be- the priest, the beast, <laughs> is not that cute. Oh, so no, he is. <laughs> he's also, like, older. Yeah. But he wasn't at the time, was he? But I mean, he's but like a voice actor. Yeah, like, and also think of the boy. The he has really pretty blue eyes. Beautiful blue eyes. Think of the beast, though. He was like a bigger. Well, not when he became human, he was sort of feminine. But like, he was like a bigger beast guy, and they needed a voice to sort of play that role. I mean, he had a pretty rough voice. Whoa, he was in the Chosen. <gasps> what we'll to watch that? I know. Mm-hmm. He really does have beautiful eyes. And the beast had beautiful eyes. Remember, they might probably imitated him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. okay, so Annie, tell me, what do you think is the educational value of Beauty and the Beast? So I think that I maybe even touched on it when I was a child. Like I saw it kind of inherently that like women could be smart and it's cool to be smart and it's it makes it maybe doesn't even make you different. Bless you, but it might make you stand out to like like books. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that for young women, myself included. Um, as evidenced by me choosing to walk around my house with a book I couldn't read yet, um, is is valuable because it shows that there's value in that. Um, and I also like that that this movie, this Disney story, like so often the Disney princesses, um, like they just find a man and they fall in love. In this story, they're allowed to be friends first. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a really important departure. Like there's this, um, for Disney as, like, showing reality and teaching young people what life could be. Because there's this inherent, like, respect between them, um, like, based on friendship that then gets taken to another level. I, th- so. I think it shows, too, like, how, sort of how girls work. Like, we don't always go off, like, looks. Um, and it, I mean, obviously, like, handsome men, it's like, oh, they're more handsome. You're more <laughs> willing to go for them. But, like, in this story, it sort of shows that, like, we're such emotional creatures and like being friends first and getting to know someone like you could fall in love with a beast. Right. And that's sort of, I mean, it's important because looks are always going to leave, but you know, you, it's better to fall in love with a personality and a, a person, you know? Agreed. But. How about you, Eleanor? Well, I think if you, I think with any of these type stories, it's more important to think about, like, the roots of the story and then to see how it connects over time. So it's even, like, we can trace parts of the story to great myth. We can trace parts of it to Shakespeare. Like, I mean, to a certain extent, don't you see a little bit of... I'm blanking on the name. It's Shakespeare's last play, the one with Prospero, and they're on the Magic Island. Like, don't you see a little bit of that in Beauty and the Beast? 
Sure. I'm actually not sure which one you're referring to. Tempest. Tempest. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I see that. And Persephone. So thinking about that, and then even the fact that there's been so many reincarnations, and studying that over time, it'll be really interesting to see how Emma Watson, who is like very noted for being oh, her openly feminist beliefs, and mm-hmm. you know, working with the UN Foundation about the He for she, yeah. he, she campaign. Yeah. Like a really, it is a movie about Stockholm syndrome. So it'll be interesting to see how that works Mm -hmm. um yeah so to see what changes she puts in it which will be cool right but i mean i think that Belle, like even in this movie like she's what we might call a sassy woman i kind of hate that term but you know like she's you know spunky she's like outspoken she speaks her mind like i don't know i think that it's a good a good, you know, kind of role model for young women to, like, not just take things. Like, she's not just going to, like, fall in love with Gaston because he's there. She's waiting for someone who's, like, her intellectual equal um, and, like, interesting to her. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And then, yeah, so I think that's one of the things that's most interesting about Beauty and the Beast. Currently. Mm-hmm. Also, Matt and I both were looking at the IMDb page for it right now, and I had no idea that Jerry Orbach was Jerry Orbach and was Lumiere. Like, I don't think that I connected all of those pieces, that, like, this is what Jerry Orbach looks like, and he's also Lumiere. What else was he in? He's in Dirty Dancing. Um, He plays her father. He's He's in in Final Order. That was, like, the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Law and Order. Um, Crazy. Prince of Central Park. Bell's Tales of Friendship. He's in Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Whoa! I feel like a lot of Disney actors and like voices, they tend to like cross over in a couple different Disney movies. Beauty and the Beast. He's also in Toy Soldiers, but uncredited. <laughs> Toy there you Soldiers. Go. Yeah. Okay, so let's think then, um, if we're ready to move into the wrapping up stage. Yeah, we should. Where, where in the world would you want to go? Where in the world would you want to go right now, Matt? Um, I want to hike the highlands in Scotland really, really bad. Why? Um, well, A, I just want to hike, and they seem so cool, and then I think I just saw Braveheart recently. <laughs> um, and they great. just seem so beautiful, and... I don't know. I've just, I've always sort of had a fascination with Scotland and it just, to do the outdoorsy route in Scotland, I think would be really cool. Yeah, it would be. That's awesome. We'll work on it. Yeah, that'll happen. What about you, Eleanor? Right now, in a lot of ways, I'm thinking Singapore in part because our little brother just bought a ticket there. And granted, I've been to Singapore, but the food there is so good. And I feel like it'd be so fun to hang out with Teddy while he travels abroad. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he's going to be terrible at it. No offense, Teddy. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be crazy. Uh, yes. So, there's that. So, I find that entertaining. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that if I could go anywhere right now, 
Oh, goodness. So, like, truly, my first thought was um, a deserted island with select few humans, maybe the two I'm with right now. <laughs> um, but for some reason, that sounds really great to me um, because vacation is really nice. And I don't feel like I've taken a vacation like the one we're currently on for, like, a long time where it was just, like, a nice place to be, you know, and I can, like, nap and, like, do whatever I want. So mm -hmm. that's nice. We did that, like, in April. <laughs> Where did you go in April? We didn't do that in April. Sonoma. But we had things to do. Like you were going? Yeah, it was a bachelorette party, and there were activities. Okay. Tell yourself that. Now we're trying now to we're just trying relax. To <laughs> like, I just bought frozen squid, and we're going to go fish. Well, Annie's going to read, and I'm going to She's going to fish, I'm going <laughs> to read. Um, okay, well... Shall we cast off from Beauty and the Beast? Okay. So um, where you can find us at goodfilmhuntingpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at gfhunting2, Instagram, goodfilmhunting, and then Facebook, facebook.com backslash goodfilmhuntingpodcast. Um, we're having so much fun doing these, and we hope that you are enjoying them as well. Peace out, yo. Bye. Bye.